Welcome, everyone. Um, as most of you know, I think my name's Chloe Valatori. I'm a communication and relationship expert. I'm a graduate of Princeton University and Pat Allen's Want Institute. And I use the tools of Eric Burns' transactional analysis. I use tools from Pat Allen's androgynous semantic realignment. We'll go into what these things mean. I'm just giving you guys my background. Um, and I use tools that I've created myself because I've been doing this for over a decade now. I've written three books on this work. I'm going to put my credentials into the chat right now. Um, I've written three books on this work. The first is How to Live, Find, Love, and Keep It, which has the basics of this work. The second is new ways of being the pain of change, which is about what happens when you start doing this work, because even change for the better is misunderstood and is painful. And so one of the things I help people with is once they're making changes and starting to get what they want to navigate that and often stick with it, even when it is painful, because if you're a pain addict, joy feels like pain. Okay or can be uncomfortable. We are all used to certain things, certain patterns, um, things that are familiar to us. And those things do bring us a degree of comfort, but often that they don't bring us joy. So if you've had relationships that haven't been successful, um, a lot of times it's the result of using some of these patterns, using some of these coping mechanisms that we learned in childhood, because the ages of zero to 12 are the most formative. They have the most, these are the, when the critical windows of human development occur. So anything that happens during that time has a greater effect on us than anything that happens later. And, um, it's interesting. We've had some questions about this. It's not that you can't get PTSD. Obviously, soldiers get it. It's not that you can't develop PTSD or complex PTSD um, from things that happen later in life. But the kind of PTSD you get from child abuse and childhood trauma tends to be a little more tenacious and virulent. Um, simply because of the time in which it occurred. You know, people are often, often come, come here, come to me, and they're recovering from relationships. If they're recovering from a partner or a boyfriend or a girlfriend um, it, from whom they developed PTSD, that is obviously problematic. But it's almost always more challenging if they're recovering from um, a a child parent relationship from which they developed PTSD or they were victim of some kind of child abuse. Um, my third book is called what um, secrets to a good marriage. What is love? Because I'm also 21 years married as of Saturday. So everything I'm teaching you guys tonight um, is backed by scientific and psychological principles that have been proven. Um, but the tools to execute on some of these principles are brand new and or not brand new, but relatively unknown and innovative. Um, I have used 
all this stuff myself and in my own life. So it's not just that I've vetted it and then I've worked, I work with men, I work with women, I work with couples, I work with teenagers. Um, so it's not just that I, I've seen it and researched it and know how it works with other people, but I've also experienced it myself. And I think, um, you know, it was that, it was that experience that really brought me into this work because when I saw how powerful it was and I saw what it could do, I really wanted to share it with other people. Um, okay. So that's my background and you can find my books on Amazon. I put that in the chat. I also put up stuff on TikTok and Instagram almost every day, some original content. This, um, this meeting will be available on YouTube and also on my podcast, Chloe with Love and Relationships, um, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and I also teach this work in smaller groups. So if you like this work and you want to know more about it, um, in September, I'm going to be starting probably the last modules for this year. I only teach a few times a year. Um, so I'm going to be teaching the module one, which is um, an introduction to this work. Um, and then I will be teaching also module two, which is kind of the next level and about, again, about how you navigate change. Because I use my books roughly as um, the backbone of the curriculum, but it's flexible. I mean, I, I really, it's a very small group. We get a chance to learn theories in, in kind of bite-sized pieces and then apply them to things in our lives. And so that's why it's kind of unique and transformative um, because, you know, it's, it's very results oriented. It's not just about listening as I mentioned earlier it's also about putting this stuff into practice and you know I always give people homework um, but when you go and you do the things that we're discussing you have a different experience and I always say well you know don't take my word for it try it because people are often surprised um, you know it's fine to sit and take notes and whatever and whenever you're ready you can try it but people are often surprised when they do try some of these things that sound kind of simple but they're really quite profound and are meant to provoke catharsis because that's how we grow as people and um, certainly how we evolve psychologically and spiritually. Okay. So everybody is both masculine and feminine, but when we look at relationships, what we're looking for is balance. Balance is key to living in this universe or certainly on planet earth right because we have a lot of duality here we have night and day we have masculine and feminine we have pain and pleasure and you don't have one without the other and so a lot of the art of living is really about navigating this duality as i said we're all of us masculine feminine the most successful relationships are those that are balanced and that includes the relationship that you have with yourself Okay. There's a lot of misunderstanding about what masculine and feminine is, what these terms mean. So I'm going to give a brief introduction of that. Um, some of you regs know that if you want to learn more about um, 
yin and yang, which are yin synonym for feminine, yang synonym for masculine. Um, there's a wonderful book that I use a lot and we often discuss it in uh, the modules. It's called The Yin Yang of Life by Dr. Kim and Dr. Lee. Um, and it really breaks down everything in life between yin and yang, masculine and feminine. Things you wouldn't have even necessarily considered like plant life or fish, food. Um, but it's it's very interesting. And again, it's very profound. Sometimes it's one of those books that when you, you go back to it at different points in your life, you, it will reveal different things or you'll notice certain things. I think that's one of the most beautiful things about this work actually is that um, as you evolve and, and you, you know, you learn and you grow and you get, you become more and more your authentic self, things appear different often to you. Like um, you can walk into a restaurant that you've been in a million times and suddenly you'll see a painting on the wall and be like, has that always been there? Yes, it's always been there, but you've never noticed it before. These are some of the clues um, that you know when you see them show you that you are changing and evolving, right? Because you're literally seeing things differently. A lot of things, uh, a lot of times our answers and our solutions are all in front of us but we can't see them. So part of this work is expanding your own identity and authenticity so that you can see more of what's available to you in life. Um, I had a client recently who he was, um, he just started playing volleyball and a guy came up to him and he was like, Hey, don't you work out at such and such gym? And he said, yeah, I'm there every day. Um, and he, he, he said, yeah, I, I see you there every day at like, you know, whatever, seven in the morning, whatever time. And he was like, I, that's impossible. I've never seen you there. But sure enough, once this introduction, this connection was made, he started seeing him there. So it was just one of those things where he just hadn't really been aware of this person. And so once he was kind of made aware or they were brought into alignment, he then started seeing this person at the gym every day. Um, Okay, so masculine and feminine. All of us are both. We have that right hemisphere of the brain, which is the feminine or the yin energy, okay? Um, and that is the center of feelings of sensuality, sexuality, spirituality, its creativity, it's passive, patient, vulnerable. It's receiving energy. It's very much in the world to make it fun, but not of the world. It's like air. Um, a good metaphor for feminine energy is flowers. They exist and they're beautiful, right? Just by existing. Um, this is, you know, somatics, um, usually feminine energy is a little slower moving. Then we have the left side of the brain, which is the yang side. This is the masculine energy. Okay. This is competitive, conquering, controlling the world of thoughts and ideas, deeds, achievements. Most of us are in our masculine energy when we're at work and we live in a very masculinized world is one of the reasons we fail to cherish our environment, um, which is a feminine 
which is again energy, right? Nature. Um, masculine energy is that linear thinking. It's very logical. It's of the world. It's like bricks, um, real stuff. So all of us have both of these sides. Now we become out of balance oftentimes when we've had childhood trauma and we've developed coping strategies to get along with the people who own the refrigerator in our house, right? Because as children, we very much need, especially human children, very much need to attach to more uh, competent grownups um, simply because they're very dependent, right? So we need to attach. And sometimes that comes at the sacrifice of our th authenticity. Sometimes it's a big sacrifice. Sometimes it's a little sacrifice, but most children have to go through that um, just in order to survive, whether your parents were well-intentioned or ill-intentioned in this particular context, doesn't matter as much as what you experienced as a child. Uh, so I never want to sound like I'm demonizing anybody's parents because it really does depend on the situation. Nevertheless, you, you can still experience trauma at the hands of well-meaning parents or your trauma may have been external if you grew up in a dangerous neighborhood, for example. Um, but these strategies are very much strategies of the moment. The problem comes when we try to bring these attitudes that we believe are existential truths into our present day. And that's when we begin repeating the patterns of our past. Um, and we will repeat those patterns um, if we're not aware of them. And we will be doomed to do that until we become aware of them. And that's something called the repetition compulsion, which is the work of Freud and also Alice Miller, who I love. And she wrote, a, she's written several books, but this is one of my favorites about childhood trauma for your own good. Um, so if you want to look more into that, please do. And I also have a bibliography at the back of my first book. So if you're, if you, if you forget these titles, you can also hit me up. Um, you can reach out to me through my website or Instagram, or even through this meetup app. Although sometimes meetup is a little janky. Um, Okay, so the problem comes when we, when we, because humans are subject to this repetition compulsion. And so we have to bring a ton of awareness to make a change in these patterns. And it's very obvious when somebody is changing because it really does take a lot of awareness and then you have to act on that awareness now it's not impossible we know now that the brain is plastic and it can change it's not immutable freud was wrong about that um here this is a really good book about the brain it's called the brain changes itself and it's by norman deutsch um, who I think is local. I think he's a, a Caltech guy, but I could be wrong about that. But it's a very interesting book about changes in the brain, what it happens to you when your brain is changing. It uses a lot of examples of stroke victims, but don't let that mislead you. It also really applies to uh, psychological and spiritual evolutionary change. Um. 
So we are able to change, um, you know, it's, is a painful process, but with these tools, we can hopefully mitigate some of that pain so it doesn't turn into suffering. Um, you're going to have pain either way in life. It is a part of life. A lot of people spend their lives trying to avoid pain, which is fruitless because if you have pleasure, you're going to have pain. Um, it's kind of like avoiding conflict. If you avoid conflict, <laughs> you're kind of avoiding life in general, right? Um, then you really don't have peace because your whole life is 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 centered around avoiding something. So what I help people do is become free of some of these triggers. Um, true freedom is really the freedom from triggers, which is doesn't mean that you necessarily forget things or don't have the same feelings come up, but perhaps you don't act the same when they do, right? Because again, you're more aware and you can change things. And gradually I find it does take time. It does take repetition, but it works. This stuff works like I have never seen anything else work. And that's really why I'm doing it. Um, I had been in therapy for a long time myself. I had never really seen a lot of results. Sometimes it was nice to go talk to somebody and be reflected. Um, and I enjoyed that. But after a while, it just becomes a waste of time and energy, at least for me, because I didn't see changes in my life and I wanted to see changes in my life. So it wasn't until I found this work that um, I really found something that could affect changes and that it could kind of help me grow and expand as a person and become more my authentic self. Um, you know, actually I was kind of close to it because my mentor, Pat Allen is, is a therapist. And so I was like, ah, eh, I don't want to go. But I then saw an incredible change in my friend and my neighbor and it would hit me so hard and it was so um, dramatic where she went from just being this broke, basically teenage mom and to becoming like hugely successful, um, getting married to the man of her dreams and had a huge turnaround. And so that was what kind of compelled me to find this work and it did change my life. So that's my little spiel. Now's my favorite part, which is um, getting your questions. You can put, you can raise your hand. You can put something in the chat. I'm seeing this one here. How can you be feminine energy on a date if you're normally in masculine energy in life? Okay. Very good question. So Sophie. Um, so <laughs> yes. And for women, this is obviously if, if you're a feminine energy person or a woman, this is more challenging because we have to, if we're working, we have to be in our masculine during the day at work or whenever we are working. Um, and then we have to switch it if we want to be in our feminine energy in our relationships. Um, so it kind of, you know, you have to kind of make that division, division between your personal and your professional life. Right. Um, one of the ways, one of the tools that I teach to make sure that you're getting both sides in during the day, during the week, um, is setting your alignment or setting your subconscious. And what you do is you take a piece of paper, you split it in half, 
on one side, you put all the yang activities that you have to do for the day. So maybe it's go to work, maybe it's go to the doctor, maybe it's work out, or if, if you don't love working out, um, you know, whatever it is, make a phone call, whatever it is, the things that, you know, deal with your bills. Those are the things you have to do and try to be as specific as possible, you know, put times in and, and, and time spans in. Um, and then on the right side, you're going to put all the yin activities you're going to do for the day. So that's the feminine energy. So you would put maybe get a massage, take a nap, take a bath, be in nature, something that makes you feel good. That is, that's an end in itself. It just gives you that pleasure. Um, so for everybody, it's different. You know, I've said before, my mentor, she liked stripping wood that gave her peace. Um, we've talked about coloring before or singing. These are other examples, but something that makes you feel good and make sure you're doing at least an hour of yin activity every day and hopefully more on the weekends or whenever it is that you're not working, you can kind of start to amp up your yin and help um, bring into balance that way. But the basic difference between being in your masculine energy versus being in your feminine energy is if you're leading with your thoughts, which are masculine, so that's the work, or if you're leading with your feelings, which is feminine, right? So that's your personal life. Here. Did you want to expand on that anymore? Does that make sense to you, Sophia or Sophie? You want to oh understand. is there another Sophie in the group oh there is okay yeah. <laughs> please excuse me I didn't realize okay Sophie there you are hi Sophie do you want hi thank you yes okay thank you okay so okay you got it yes thank you okay Okay, good. And you guys can ask questions. You don't only have to ask questions about yourself. I also love to hear your updates. Um, and if you have questions about other people's work, that's the benefit of doing it in a group. That's also why I teach in small groups, because we get to learn so much from each other. It does accelerate the process. Okay, Lee. Hey there, Chloe. Hi, how are you? How's there, it going? Hello. How can I help you? Yes, it's great to see you again, uh, hear you again. Um, I have a question for you about yes. uh, last week's meetup. Okay. Uh, last week at the end of the meetup, we were discussing how um, it's always you, your, your, your theory there on how it's always better when the man likes the woman more than she likes him or just a little bit more. Yeah. I just find we were, that those right. are the most successful relationships. Right. We were just right. We were discussing that. And, and I was kind of expressing how typically that's not the case, but my microphone was off and we had like 30 seconds left in the meeting. And so I didn't really get a chance to respond, but, but you made a comment that uh, was that I believe it was that I seduce women with guilt and make them pity me. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I'd like some clarity on what you meant by that and if you could expand on it. Okay, so I'm talking, for you guys who are new, I've known, Lee's been, is kind of an OG in this group. So I've known him for a while. Um, so what I've observed is 
a lot of times, and you've been, you've also been countered doing this. You have been like working against this as well, but it's very easy for you to fall back into a position of um, seducing women with guilt and causing them to pity you, which means that you're leading with feelings usually of sadness. And I remember it happened with the first, that woman, Gina, who was in the earlier meetup that you were interested in, but she ended up kind of, you know, taking care of you and feeling sorry for you. And that kind of killed the chemistry. And then when this happened, most, this incident happened most recently, not the most recent one, but the one who, the woman from the karaoke, you started to slide into that a little bit where it provoked her to ask what's wrong. Are you okay? Are you, you know, how, how are you feeling? And these kinds of things. It's not that that's a bad thing. Obviously it's a, it's a comforting reaction, but it often kills the chemistry for a woman if she has to feel bad for the man. You understand? So then you went on that other, you went and asked that other woman out at the coffee place and you didn't do that, right? You asked her if she was single. Then you said, well, yeah, I was going to ask you out or whatever. And you didn't say, oh, no, no, no. You didn't go into that. And so I think that was a more successful, or at least you were more successful at being in your masculine in that moment. And so it's just something for you to be aware of so you don't sabotage the chemistry. Because I think um, women, I think with uh, at least with that first woman, you know, there might have been some chemistry there. And then if they start to pity you, then that that will go away. So I just don't want you to shoot yourself in the foot like that. Cause you know, you are a good looking guy. You're getting a lot of attention from women. And I just want to make sure that you're leading with your thoughts and not cause it, cause it's kind of a fallback position to get, to get that sympathy, that bid for sympathy. Does that make more sense? It It does. I'd like to quickly respond to that. If okay. I could. Um, because when you use the word seduce women with guilt, it, it made me feel like I'm preying on these women or something to make them pity. The last, the last thing I need is their pity. Right. I want to assure you, if I was going to seduce a woman, I know how to do that. And it's not by making them feel guilty. Right. It seduces in the different context in this. I I would seduce a woman by being my charming, authentic, compassionate, patient, loving, kind-hearted, intelligent self. And so it made me feel like something did not ring true with the statement. So, So what you've done here is clarified for me what you were saying, which is, I can see why you would see it that way, but in truth, what you're interpreting as feelings, leading with feelings of sadness is simply me sharing a bad day, really, with just as a human being with another. It's not my pickup line. (laughs) Right, right, right. I get that. I totally get that. I just, um, look, dating is a little bit like sailing, right? You have to kind of tack in the wind. 
And I just want, I just want you to be successful. And so it's like, if you, if you share feelings too early on or without an appointment, it's going to just throw off that balance a little bit because then the woman's compelled to sort of, you know, to mother you. And you can find women who will do that, but I just don't think you're going to be happy in a, in a relationship like that, because you've expressed that you want to be masculine, that you want, you know, to be in control. And Mm -hmm. so it's just a matter of like resetting that balance a little bit. Not that you can never share your feelings or have a bad day or anything like that. I'm just saying, and you did, you know, one of the nice things about that night was that then you went out and you were with your friends and you were, and you shared that and you got your feelings cherished and that I'm sure because you're an alpha and you have a strong feminine side and a strong masculine side, that was very gratifying, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just, I'm just saying just from a strategic standpoint, you know, and all of us, look, no one does it perfectly. All of us. Thank you for clarifying. You've answered it beautifully and I feel a lot better now. I've carried it on my shoulders for a week. (laughs) Oh, I wish you had reached out to me. Well, well, no, but I didn't want to. I just, I just, okay. you know, just, I was processing all week and I wanted to get some clarity. And, but I see now what you're, how you're thinking, what you're saying there about it's as a practice when you're approaching, you yes. don't want to sabotage the chemistry by, by bringing on, you know, I mean, who wants to be around a, a sad person, right. Or who's going through hard times. No one, this is why the I've come to the realization that Everyone wants the fairy tale, but they don't want the reality. When somebody has a bad day, one of the things I look for is if I had a bad day, what would you, I am curious, what would my partner do for me if I have had a bad day? And that's, that's pretty much the context of those experiences. Like you mentioned, Gina, I remember Gina Yeah. and she was the single mom. We had dinner, lunch a couple of times and, um, and then um, nothing, but, uh, and then there was the, the karaoke gal who, you know, I just, kind of got to know a little bit and uh, and I was having July I have to be honest the month of July was mercury retrograde for me it was the whole month was horrible <laughs> I, I, everything went wrong everything from starting July 4th it just non-stop Twilight. well I would say I mean I think from where I sit <sighs> you've been very successful you've asked two girls out you know you went for it you respected your thoughts Yes, I, mean, I have. I actually have a date on Friday night with another person that's yeah. that I've met in real life. That's I've talked to, and I just we're gonna. I don't know. We're gonna do something. So you were very pessimistic about your ability to bounce back, and you've bounced back beautifully. I'm bouncing back great, and you yeah. are helping tremendously. I just wanted to make sure that on the records <laughs> that I do not seduce. It's been three years since I right, right, right. It's so that like no, no, no. But that you, it's the different meaning of seduce. So like seducing someone with guilt, for example, you know, maybe you've had someone in your life, like in the extreme, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not in the sexual context. It's Eric Burns says there's three ways to communicate and that we'll go more into this in the module, but basically the three ways to communicate are to seduce with guilt, which is a power struggle for the feminine energy. To bully with intimidation or fear, which is really a power struggle for the masculine energy, or to negotiate with love, which is the supportive language of the complementary energy. And so we want to make sure that we're negotiating with love 
when we're in awkward situations or conflicts. And that includes first dates, our awkward situations. I had a feeling it was some heady lingo, psychotherapy (laughs) verbiage. But you see, Chloe, what what you need, most of us don't have a PhD from Princeton. (laughs) You know, I don't, I am, the language of a psychotherapist is, I I said, I bet that's what she's saying. Yeah. now, now, Please I'm excuse perfect. that confusion. So it's okay. I, I wanted to get the clarity. I got it. Thank okay. you. I'll report back next week. I'll pass the baton. I love all you guys. Thank you for letting me uh, get some clarity on that. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Okay. Chris. Hi, Chloe. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hello. I'm good. I just like coming back because you're so positive and smart (laughs) thank you (laughs) um and experienced so um if i if i could ask a question about um so this is i've been kind of hesitant about it but talking about my marriage which has been 27 years in the making Mm -hmm. um we are basically in a limbo state more or less and it is because she is trying to i I wrote some of the question in the chat she she's trying to um uh get um a um well she's she's mad basically we were a windy and peter pan relationship i was selfish to my own needs and didn't really look at her needs or really understand what any of that that meant as far as relationships completely uh you know dropped the ball so so we stayed together though raising children for many mm-hmm. many years um that relationship kind of worked that way in in a broken way mm-hmm. where i was feeding her and she was feeding my <laughs> broken needs right, right but also a lot you guys were together because you were joined in the mission of raising a family right yes you had a common goal so that's reasonable yeah okay um but for many years after that even though the kids went they went to college they school and then um we basically just kind of I did my own thing. She did my own thing. We, we were doing our own thing. But we would still do stuff together. Um, but she's just recently really seeing how um, she is feeling mad because I was um, kind of abandoned the, the position of being um, like the, the the man, the father, um, the sacrificer in those in the ways at least that that she sees it and and I agree with her on a lot of it, but honestly I, I don't really know what to think yet. so I, I don't want to say like this, that or the other thing because it's so hard when you're communicating something to to someone that doesn't know all of the you know there's a lot that's a lot of water that's under the bridge right and Mm -hmm. um so i guess i just i'm trying to i'm trying what what i want to get to just if you can a general question for me is how she's asking for space and i have given it to her 
how long do I give her? How do I go forward with with this? And how do I know if I want to? Um, I mean, I love her and I could heal this relationship if she was wanting to as well. I just feel like, is this too much to try to fix or and is it time to change? You know what I mean? You could look at it like, right. I need, we need to fix this or no people grow apart. So just, you, you need to, you know, both need to let it go. And where, how do you ask the right questions? I guess, is there, is it ther- therapy? Um, is that how you do it? <laughs> um, you know, there's a few, I mean, there's a few things. Does, is she saying she wants to break up or she's on the fence? She, too she's she's saying she needs space that's that's where it's at okay but are you guys still living in the same house no she's moved out she's been out for about six months oh okay well and three of those have been she's been in portugal um on vacation she's a teacher so this is her summer break okay so she's living somewhere else okay and now (laughs) she's rented a room out outside near the place where she works Okay. A room in somebody's house? Yes. A friend. A male friend or a female friend? No, no a female friend. Okay. Okay. Just checking. Yeah. Good okay. So, generally speaking, in relationships, men want to get divorces to be with other women. Women get divorces because they are unhappy. Okay. So, that's just a general position. Um, she obviously sounds unhappy. She obviously sounds mad. Are there things that she's told you that she wants you to do? Um, in the past, yes. And it generally had to do with, um, taking care of the, the, the kids and doing more with the kids. And I've done that or I'm doing that now. Okay. Um, and also grown. helping her but they're they're grown yeah right. so they're not in the house anymore right so um but i have a couple of them with well one one is kind of dealing with uh, a bipolar diagnosis and so i'm with him and take you know kind of trying to be his support system and his caregiver and has she kind and of backed off of that she has they have a okay. very rough rough time of it together right now okay. yeah Okay, so you wrote here that it's been very Wendy Peter Pan. Are you wanting to keep it that way? Are you wanting to stay no. feminine energy? Or are you wanting to move into the masculine energy? I'm I'm wanting to move into okay. my my. I want to move into whatever I'm supposed to be moving into. But yeah, well, it's up to you. Which do you want more? Do you want your feelings cherished or your thoughts respected? Um. Oh gosh. I've I've heard this question to everyone else and I haven't really thought about it myself. Um, I would say I want my thoughts. Okay. So that's the masculine position. Yeah. Now, Matt, you know, it doesn't always follow along gen, you know, biological gender lines, but it often does. Okay. And it sounds like she's feeling burnt out 
because women need to feel good to do good. And she hasn't been feeling good clearly for a while. And so she can't do good anymore. Um, so if you want her back, you need to start doing things that are cherishing to her feelings. And I know that sounds really vague, but think about things that will make her happy, that will make her feel good. Because it sounds like you've given her a lot of respect over the years, but perhaps not a lot of cherishing. So, you know, I mean, you know, I work with people a lot on these things. Um, Recently, I was working with a guy who was desperate to save his relationship. And we came up with the, you know, she actually was very into music. And so he ended up writing her a song and it was, you know, this whole thing. So it has to be something specific to your wife. Um, you know, I was working with another guy a little while ago and we, you know, he, once we started going down, he was like, oh, I know exactly what to do. You know, I, she likes these flowers. She likes this perfume and just started doing more things. Um, that was a situation where he was out of the house and that did enable him to get back into the house. So that was a success. So start Yay. thinking about some things that you can do to cherish her feelings. Um, and you know, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a lot there, you know, re- I think you actually would really get a lot out of taking the module. Cause there's a lot of the basics there that will help you uh, just kind of like hit the ground running with this. Um, Cause if you want her back, you, you probably want to act fast, you know, cause she's already moved out. Right now. Sometimes the tendency is to believe that, you know, there's better out here, right. Than what you have. If she's 51% valuable, keep her, okay? Because it's sort of a, you know, people, (laughs) my mentor said, and I agree, people like to get married. They don't want to stay married, right? They want to get married, but they don't want to stay married because it seems like it would just be (laughs) so much easier to just switch over to a new person and start over. But that's an illusion. So I always recommend that you do whatever you can to keep the relationship until you can't keep it anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because you always fall in love with your lesson. And so you want to make sure you get your lesson too, just for your own self. Yeah. I I, I feel like I'm like, have this image in my head that, that, um, it has to be like that. And I'm not really looking at her like a living person, but more like that she's, she's a image of a, of a, of a wife person persona or something. And I don't know if it's like, I'm slightly autistic. I just don't get how people work or what, but I, I feel like um, one, one of the things right now that she's working on is a lot of trauma from her past, from her gro- her childhood, and she's actually doing stuff with it. And so Good. I want to, I want to give her space, right? But do I? Um, Don't like, give her too much space. Okay, what? what I do think I do that's a mistake. 
I think what do I do? Give her support and cherishing. Give to her. You know. Yeah, there's a great book. Um, you might. Hopefully, I'll spell it right. Where Turnus by Maria von Franz, and it's very much deals, and this one's also good. Oh, that's a nice uh, Greek <laughs> Turnus. <laughs> um, Iron John by Robert Fly. Yeah, that's also very good. So those oh. books are very good masculine energy books. So the Puer Turnus is kind of like, you know, what you mentioned, what we've discussed before. It's that Peter Pan archetype, right? It's that eternal boy. And you've mentioned that you have struggled with that. Yeah, definitely. So in addition to cherishing her feelings, you're also going to want to be doing things that she can be, that she can respect, right? So you want to think about what you can achieve what you can accomplish um and these should be obviously authentic to things that you want to do right but Mm -hmm. things that ideally the more you're doing and achieving um giving taking care of like that's kind of why i was asking you about what you were doing with your son the more you can be doing things like that, or she can see you in that light. And again, it's not like you can never have feelings. Like I was telling Lee, it's not that you can't have your feminine side. Yes, please have your feminine side, but let's also beef up your masculine side. And right now your masculine side is needed. If you want to save this relationship, I'm always on the favor of trying to save it. Like I said, like my bias is keeping people together. Um, so you're going to want to think of things that you can, you know, that you can do that you want to do again, like setting your lineman will probably help you. Um, and that you want to achieve because then she will be able to respect you more. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I've, she's pretty much told me she has no respect for me. Okay. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> I know. We hit it on the head. I know. I mean, she's she's really, really honest and, and straightforward and straight shooter. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, and that's just from from. So that's what I'm saying. There's just been it just feels like there's been so many. It's hard things, to say now. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, ultimately, that's for you to contemplate if you think it's worth the effort. But since you already know you've been out of balance and you want to beef up your masculine side, why not try it on your wife? Yeah. And if it doesn't work and she still doesn't want you, okay, I'll help you find someone new. You know, I'll help you leave her if that's what you want. I mean, everything has a price and a price tag. Um. Yeah. But since there's already there's work that you can do, do it and see what happens. I know you're yeah. like, what? What do I fucking do? I know. I but it sometimes it takes a minute for you to digest this. Um, you know, we well, can, no, I, I I appreciate it. Okay. I mean, we can talk about it more. We can set up a private, you can, you know, set up for the module, but I'll put that in again here. Um but ultimately, you know, 
I'm thinking stick with it because there's work to, that you can do, you know? Right. So just I, start I, doing it and see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Write you off. What were you gonna say? You're, I like. I well. So what I hear you say is is that this is a this is a doing thing, a practical thing, yes. and it's not a, a conceptual theory. If you have this feeling, or if you think this way, then like it's it's not in my head, right? It's it's right. in my hands. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's why I love this work because it's always there's something you can do. Because if you just get a bunch of theory, like what are you supposed to do? You yeah. know, that yeah. is it's too confusing. So yes, take some actions. I will be curious to hear what her response is to some of these actions. You know, okay. <laughs> are you doing this homework again? Okay, you got more homework. I got more homework. All right, Chloe. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Good you, for you. you. And kudos to bringing it up. I know you've been coming and you've brought up other issues and now you've gotten to your main issue. So I really respect that. And that's a, a big achievement and accomplishment for you. You know, yeah. the same thing happened to me. I was going, when I started with Dr. Pat, I was going for nine months and then finally I got to my main issue. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. excellent work on that. And, um, you know, okay. contemplate and see see what you come up with. I'll be excited to see what you come up with. Oh, thank you. You have such a big heart. <laughs> thank you. I I do appreciate all the nice, all the kind words tonight. Yay. Um, yay. You up. <laughs> okay. You. You're welcome. Bye. Okay. Sophia. Where's up? Hey, um, I've just been listening to, to others' uh, um, relationship qualms, and I, uh, I'm going through a divorce right now. Um, and I was just wondering if, um, if anybody knows, like, why, like, my husband kind of bait and switched me. He was so charming in the beginning. And then he turned into just this monster. It was all about control and putting me into positions of fear, making me feel devalued and worthless and spreading rumors about me and him playing the victim. And I just, uh, do you know any tips on like how those types of relationships start? Like, how did I end up with somebody like that? I mean, usually, as I, I don't know if you were here for the beginning and the introduction, but usually these, um, these relationships are a result of, of childhood trauma and coping mechanisms and strategies you developed as a child. And so at some point, this pattern must be familiar to you. Um, mm -hmm. the love bombing and then the switch up, right? Mm -hmm. The perfect person. I was raised by narcissists so i guess that makes sense right so that's a familiar pattern and we tend to gravitate towards that which is familiar until we can raise a shit ton of awareness on it <laughs> mm -hmm. and then we can change it so it sounds like um you're at that point how long were you guys together well we were together for like a little over a year 
Oh, you got out clean. Good for you. I mean, yeah, he divorced me. <laughs> I just got tired of the bullshit and I just said, enough's enough. I don't have anything left in me anymore. If you want to divorce me, you can. Right. Good for you. Good yeah. for you. Good for you. <laughs> I have a kid with him, though. So it's like, ugh. you have to do the co parenting <laughs> thing. Yeah. That's, yeah. But you know what? That also will, I've, I've walked clients through. 10 years of that and there's mm -hmm. there's an end in sight you know what i'm saying like at some point the kid will be old enough to negotiate the comings his own comings and or her own comings and goings uh you know usually around the age of 12 and then once once as they get older you're gonna have less and less interaction with him and then there's a lot of concern oftentimes that the kid will side with the other parent but I find that that's not, I, I find that that's not really, that's not based really in fact, that's a negative fantasy, because even mm -hmm. if that happens in a temporary sense, ultimately the, the child only needs one compassionate parent. So mm -hmm. if you can be that parent, the child will ultimately naturally gravitate to you and away from your former partner because your child is going to experience the same negative patterns that you did and probably not be interested in it because you've modeled so well that it's not interesting to be with someone who treats you like crap right mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah um so do you have a question or Oh, no, I'm just, uh, I am a little bit all over the place. I'm just listening for little nuggets of information. It sounds okay, like I good. got a lot of therapy that I need to get into for why I'm attracted to narcissists. Well, uh, it's just, it's really, it really is that rep repetition compulsion. It's familiar to you. And so what we have to do is break that pattern. And like I said, it just takes a lot of awareness. And one of the things that you here, I'll give you one thing to really look for. I think is probably one of the most important things in relationships is you only know how much you love yourself or anyone else by the commitments you're willing to make and keep. So you need to, whoever, whatever romantic partner you find in the future, you're going to need to pay specific attention to whether or not they can make and keep commitments with you. And if their deeds and words line up. If you're always in confusion about it, that's a red flag. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, um, thank you for sharing. I hope that helps. Yeah, it does. Okay. Good. Okay. Oops. Okay. Okay, one more question here. Yeah, let's see. Sophie, just follow up. Can you please be specific about that response when the person is on a date? Where's Sophie? Is Sophie gone? Hi. She is. Oh, hi. Hi. Okay. Um, what do you mean? Um, you so mean how to be feminine on a date? Being a feminine energy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So feminine energy on the date. So first of all, you're like, in terms of flirting and all that, you're not going to be asking out, right? 
You're going to be waiting to be asked out, but you're going to make yourself available so that when the person, the masculine energy person does ask you out, hopefully you're available. You say yes. Okay. So part of the feminine energy is being available to his leadership. Um, when he asks you out, try to go along with the plan that he suggests, right? Mm. I have um, a lot of women, you know, who come to me who are overachieving and more masculine. Um, And so they're often trying to control the plan before the meeting even starts up. Okay. (laughs) So look out for that. Let him plan the date. Relax. You don't have to ask the questions. You don't have to make the conversation. You let him control. And it's okay for him to control if he cherishes your feelings. If he doesn't cherish your feelings, then it's not okay. And then you have to cherish your feelings and take control. Right? Mm -hmm. But we have to give men an opportunity to give to us. And that means ceding a certain amount of control so that we can receive. Okay. So let him plan the date, let him do the work, let him pull out the chair for you. Let him open the door for you. Let him pay for the date. You answer his questions. Um, you receive from him graciously. You, um, don't necessarily lead it's not a job interview so you don't necessarily lead with you know i'm a brain surgeon and i graduated harvard and i'm on the diplomats board and you know you don't do that even if you are that don't lead with that because it will sound compet it's too easy for it to sound competitive right and so a lot of problem happens because a lot of overachieving women want to have those alpha men, but an, an alpha man wants a woman who also understands how to be feminine, doesn't want to necessarily always be competing for, for power and control, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to be more on the receiving and you're going to be listening and responding. Um, but basically, you know, you're going to be relaxing. Does that make sense? Yeah. What about asking questions? You can ask questions, but preferably they are questions like where you need help with something or advice with something. You want to basically be leading with more with your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, the irony is often that a lot of us women who were abused in childhood, which has forced us to become egotistonic and more masculine Mm -hmm. and wanting to have control because who wants to be vulnerable after you've been abused? That's not fun. Mm -hmm. But the irony is, is that we're better at seeing whether or not this person is worthy of being vulnerable to when we're listening rather than when we're talking and trying to control the situation. Mm. So you're going to get all the information you need just by listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's helpful. Thank you. And lead with your feelings. So it's, you know, it's, it's, I feel 
and usually feelings are one word. I feel cold. I feel happy. I feel sad. Or that makes me feel good. This is delicious. Overall, leading with your sensual side will beef up your feminine. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. You are so welcome. Okay. I usually do an hour, you guys. Um, well, okay, Dane, you'll be my last one. Hi, Dane. Thanks, Chloe. <laughs> Hello. Um, okay, so I'm just reading your question. I struggle with knowing how to be authentic to start dating in more organic ways, and I'm more feeling-based person. Oh, I went through divorce. Okay, I don't know. How, not the most chill kind of guy. Funny. Okay, so <laughs> do you want your feelings cherished or your thoughts respected? Everybody wants both, but which is more important to you? Feelings. Your personal life. Yeah, it's, it's feelings. Okay. So feelings cherished. Okay. And that's fine. You can be in a relationship with a man or a woman and be in the feminine energy. That's fine. I have a number of clients actually who are masculine energy women with feminine energy men and it works. So it's just about having that balance. Um, and again, I have a number of homosexual clients, same deal. Yep. So, um, if you want your feelings cherished, you know, you're going to be then leading with your feelings. You went through divorce. Okay. And so you're going to be looking for a woman who is more masculine, who may be a little bit higher, more higher achieving probably than you, probably the breadwinner who's going to take control. Okay. Um, and you as a feminine energy person aren't necessarily going to be doing a lot of pursuing, but you're going to be um, making yourself available and letting that person know you're available. So I'm going to give you some homework and this is um, called the five flirts for you because you're in the feminine energy. What you're going to be doing, you're going to be flirting five days a week four of those will just be in the course of your day where you know if you're walking your dog or going to the grocery store or bed bath and beyond whatever it is um i guess they went out of business so you wouldn't be there but um (laughs) whatever it is you see someone you like you're going to give them eye contact and a smile and try to make it five seconds one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four, one thousand, five, one thousand. And that's the signal for them to approach you, that you're interested in being approached. Now, like I said to the last woman, um, Sophie, I think it was, you the caveat on that is you can ask for advice or you can ask for help. So if you see someone you like, you're getting that eye contact and smile you could approach and ask for help. But ideally the masculine energy or the yang energy speaks first, okay? One day a week, you're gonna plant yourself somewhere. Um, Whether it be, you know, Starbucks or a museum or the dog park or the golf course, wherever it is, wherever you like the look of the people there. And you're going to, you know, sit by yourself 45 minutes to an hour, bring your phone, bring a book or whatever it is. And that way you're planted. So if you see someone you like, you can give them the eye contact and the smile, same time. Um, 
And then they have a chance to really approach you and sit down with you and talk to you and whatever it is because you're planted. And if you go start going to the same place over and over, people get to know you. That makes people more comfortable with you. You know, it's, I always say it's one of the reasons why people often meet and fall in love at work because you get to know people without that pressure of dating. Um, Yeah. So do that and see, you will meet people this way. Um. And see, see what happens. You can play with it a little bit. You can, you know, different, try different spots, but you may already know there's a spot where you like the people that go hang out and you can just plant yourself there. Um, so try that and let me know how it goes. Okay. 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 Deal. Okay. Thank you. You are so welcome. Um, okay. I'm going to wrap it up. Yes. I do work one-on-one with people. Um, I do, uh, men, women, couples, um, teenagers. I also am here. I'll put it in one more time. I'm also going to be teaching my module one and module two, um, in September. And the module one is really the best introduction to this work. Cause you get a bunch of theory, but then we apply it right away. Cause I usually start with like a the theory and that everyone gets a chance to work with me. So that's also another um, good way to learn about this stuff. And I've put more of my credentials into the chat, you know, my website, you can always reach out to me if you have a quick question um, through my site or through Instagram is probably the best. Those two are the best ways. Um, if I can answer it, I will. If I can't, we'll set up a session um, or you can bring it to meetup. So um, thanks everybody for coming and I will hopefully speak to you soon. You are welcome. <laughs>